BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. See Jalen Warren in his first game action. Just what did you like about him, and is he ready for an expanded role if he has to take one? You know, he didn't urinate down his leg, man. That's a great place to begin, you know. Um, and that's capable of happening for young guys. Much more tactful way than that term or something like it has been used on this program crap the bed crap down your leg you know we've used it all really when it comes to that i mean we've done it all thank you for the mild edit because once again we are live on sky sports nfl and we are probably only live there for as long as we can behave okay oh behave (laughs) two days of behaving we're also on peacock i think Sirius XM 85 podcast, wherever <laughs> you think. get your podcasts. And, uh, <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> uh, but we are on Sky. If nothing else, we are live. I, I had a paper route when I was growing up. I worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I liked the NFL. I never knew what my life was going to become. There was never a dartboard that would have been big enough to have on it the possibility of having a live show for two hours a day that was popular and aired live in the United Kingdom. Yeah, who would have thunk it? Where the hell does that ever even come from? How does that even how it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. And it is. I continue to get emails from the folks over there. They are so happy that we're on live. And now there's even more pressure to go over there. For one of the U.K. games, they still don't quite understand that we have other work to do on a Sunday. Yeah, right. And if NBC were to actually have a London game, it would be like, what, a 1 a.m. local time start? So, Which is fine with me. I would go. I would go if we had a a Sunday night game. But they're not going to kick off a game locally, I assume, at Wembley Stadium or Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at 1 a.m. or 1.20 no, or whatever not. it would be. No, so no. so it just it can't happen. It's something we have to do in the offseason. And now that the world is getting back to normal, 
as normal as it's ever going to be, Wait. I think, is yeah. all we can hope for, right. then, you know, we go in the offseason. I still got to get a passport. So that, with- that whole plan got put on hold in early 2020 for some reason. You don't have a passport? You don't have one? That's a shame. All right, so they, wait, how so hard they, is it to get one? Well, it's it's just it's not that bad. I mean, I don't know. Probably in West Virginia, it's a lot easier than than around here. I I, I know that's it's not bad at either place. I've had to do it in New York City once, or that was a pain in the butt. But but I think that was because I needed to have it expedited and rushed to, for a trip. But here's what I ask you to do: so you're willing to get on a plane to go to, to London? You're willing to do that? All right. Yes. All right. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a little, you, you never know with you. And then I'm a little scared too. Like the last two times you got on a plane, like you crapped on those cities and said, you're never coming back. So, I mean, maybe London doesn't want you. You went to LA. You're like, this plane is horrible. I'm out of here. No, I know. That has nothing to do with the plane. The plane gets me out of there. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yes, yes. But I mean, London, you know, the, the great people of the UK, they might not want you there. You might go, and then you find your flaws, and you go, you know what? I've had it with London. I won't be back. <laughs> I have a feeling I like London. I think I'm afraid to go. Because you might like it? Because I'm, I may not leave. And one day you might sound like you're from London. Apply for citizenship. <laughs> yeah. Apply for citizenship. I don't, now, now that, may be a, that may be a tougher task to get them to actually take one or both of us permanently. But I have a feeling that we would very much like it there. I, I, th- I think that yeah, it's not an accident. It's not a quirk. The, the other show that was on live on Sky Sports NFL, one reader described it to me as it's too U.S. for the U.K. And I kind of I like that because we're not. We're no. we're maybe too UK for the US. But <laughs> right. I, 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 I like the fact that they just I, I think that what it comes down to is there are plenty of folks there who appreciate a no BS, no fluff, no pom poms, no because they I think they're very discerning and they, they see through that crap and they appreciate when you, you just you just Tell it like it is, like Howard Cosell used to say. Yeah, right. No, I I, I hear that. You know, they might be a little more evolved when that conversation comes around. Uh, You know, they've been they've been doing this, you know, a lot longer than we have over here. So, uh, yeah, I always bow to them a little bit in some of that that category, that area. I've never been. So I'm still like, I just want to go over there and check it out. And of course, it's like the hot spot of the world right now just because of. You know, the death of the queen and long, long, long live the king, Charles III, which is kind of cool. I'm learning a lot of stuff about that the last few days, actually. That's quite interesting, I'm, I'm too. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that you know his name is Charles. I, and I'm even more amazed that you know he's the third. Well, I do. I, I, well I do. You know, despite popular belief, I can read. And uh, I do like stuff like that. I like history, so I'm always into that. My mom was always a you know, lover of the royal family, and then, you know, even Princess Diana. So it was always on my radar screen. I've always paid attention to it because of Dirty Diana, and, uh, you know, that's that. So I, I always like the, the movie, The Queen, the shows, The Crown, right? He's talking about his mother, not the princess, folks. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, not Dirty Diana the princess. No, this is Dirty no. Diana my mother, right? Dirty Diana Sims. So, yeah, it's always been there. It's, it's, uh, it's a cool transition to see happening. I was shocked at how much money and land they own. Did you see all that stuff? That's kind of crazy. Like, I knew they were the king and, you know, they were the but royal that's family. Kind of- that's, yeah, you ever hear the phrase "It's good to be the king"? Well, that's I, one of the reasons. I guess so. I just I didn't realize there was as much personal wealth there. I guess as I, I expected. Now, 
if we go, yeah. if we go, is there a way we get to meet the king? Do you <laughs> think? Wow, I you're mean, asking a lot. Folks, you're let, asking let, let, a let lot. me tell you. Hang on, hang on. The folks there moved heaven and earth to get us live. I'm learning more and more that it was like a groundswell. It was relentless. It was just one of those things where, you know, your kid keeps asking you, can we go, can we go, can we go? And eventually you just agree to get him to shut the hell up. I think that, I think that that's one of the reasons why we're live. This, this nucleus of people who are fanatical about this show for some strange reason continued to pester Sky Sports to put us on live. So if we can mobilize those same people toward Buckingham Palace, not in a violent way, we're not talking about any, anything that may or may not have happened in a January of any recent year. We're just talking about emails. Let's meet the king. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd go. I'd go. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like King Charles is a is a is a you know football an NFL football watcher. I feel like he's more traditional. I I, I wonder if he's into it. You know, like some of our loyal somebody fans in are. that family eventually will be. They Maybe got the him. kid. Yeah. Maybe the kid that was doing this at the parade earlier this year. <laughs> Maybe we can get him. Is it Archie? Is it Archie? I know. Hey Archie. I, yeah. <laughs> Lewis. 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 Is there an Archie? I don't think there is. Is there an Archie somewhere? Oh, there's his Archie. Okay. There you go. Good Lewis. for you. Oh, uh, okay. Lewis. Lewis. You, you, can, you, can, you can watch soccer or football, as you call it, but we'll, we'll, we'll get Lewis. And then at some point, well, I'll be dead by then, so never mind. <laughs> get him hugged. If Lewis, if Lewis is ever the king, <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah um, all right, anyway, yeah. we've, we've already we've – already Pissed away. Good talk. Sorry. Good talk. London, uh, the first uh, several minutes of the show. Speaking of pissing things away, Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos coach. Now, I was very relieved and encouraged yesterday when I, I just heard the basic news. Right. Me too. He did what we urged him to do yesterday. Right. I have a feeling, though, Christopher, as we listen to the explanation, right. we may not feel as good as maybe we initially did when we learned that Nathaniel Hackett had done what we said he should do, acknowledge that he made a mistake at the end of the game on Monday night. Have a listen to Nathaniel Hackett talking to reporters the day after the 17-16 loss in Seattle. Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not, you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down, and then you hit the mark. You know, the mark that we had all set before we started, we said uh, 46 yards, 46-yard uh, line was where we wanted to be, and uh, we got there. So we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to, uh, you know, Brandon, and we did. And it didn't work. It sucks, but, hey, that's part of it. You know, it's a combination of a lot of people, and, and it, in the end, it lies on me. 
I made that decision. And that was our plan. That's what we said. That's the yard we had to get to. We all knew it. That's what we said in the huddle before we did it. And we got there. We made that decision. I mean, every game we want to win. Every game for us, we go into the mentality that we want to win it. We, we think we can win and we're going to do everything we can. And um, that's just how the game goes. You know, that's part of being in this, uh, being in this seat, being in this profession is that this stuff's going to happen at all times. And it's been happening, you know, my whole career, even all the way back when my dad was coaching. And you're prepared for that. You understand that. And uh, I mean, hey, you just got to keep grinding. That's the only thing I know how to do is to keep putting my head down, keep working, making sure these guys believe and understand the things that we need to correct to be able to get better so we can win some football games. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right, thanks. Um, here's the reality, Chris. His comment that looking back on it, we definitely should have gone for it was premised on the idea that we missed the field goal, so absolutely we should have gone for it. And then he doubles down on this idea that we had a plan to get to the 46. We talked about that yesterday, 46 left hash, 46 left hash. That's the problem here. The process is the problem. Why in the hell did they decide that the 46 was the number that that they needed to get to? That's where the flaw is. The 46 wasn't the number. That's why do you think 46 is the number? 46 is the number if it's Hail Mary or kick a field goal. Right. 46 isn't the number if there's a minute left in the game and you have three timeouts and you got fourth and five. That's not the number. That's the flaw here, and he still doesn't see it. I'm very concerned about this. Well, it's, it's you know, NFL coaches, as we've talked about before, there's the, you know, military aspect of it all. Plan, 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 plan. This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. Also, they're, they're some of the most stubborn people in, in our planet. I mean, there's, there's just no other way around it. I, you know, I've been around these people for my whole life. They're, they're stubborn. They are. They don't want to be told by people like us or people at the press conference asking questions. But, like, Mike, I mean, I mean, yeah, duh, you hit it right on the, right on the, the head there. That's the, the, the plan is the flaw. That, that's where it, it all went wrong. Hey, that's great that we said the 46 was the spot to get to, to kick the field goal and all that. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's awesome. But the real question is, why is the 46 the plan? Why, why was the 46 the spot? Because, what, he made one field goal in pregame? Or he showed he can get it there? Like, to me, it would Or be, he told you. Or he, he told that's you. Exactly. He can make it. Right. Why are you listening to him? So, so it has to be more on weight. Where are you comfortable to go four out of five from? Where are you comfortable to have a very high percentage, even though we're kind of still far away? Where's that line of demarcation? That is more of the proper thought process there. I don't think Bill Belichick ever in his history was like, well, my guy once made it from 65, so if we get to the 47, we're good. I saw him do it once, and we're good. I think he kind of went, you know, let me get to a spot where I've seen my kicker go four for five or five for five and know that he can be kind of all over the mark from 58 yards, 57 yards, 55 yards. So, you know, to echo your point and, and belabor this, yeah, that, that's the problem is the, the flaw, the process, the pregame process, whatever you want to say, it just doesn't add up there. And that doesn't make sense to me or any of us. And just you mentioned the stubbornness. That was our plan. That was our plan. Plans change. That's the beauty of plans. You're not locked in. And I feel like some coaches, and and this is the Brandon Staley flaw, go for it on fourth down. 
go for it, go for it, go for it. That's our plan. That's our plan. That's our plan. It's almost like I got enough to worry about. I don't want to have to worry about revisiting my plans. I just need stuff that I know I can put in a box over here. I got my plan. I got this plan. I got that plan. All right, now we just let it all go happen. You have to be actively involved in the management of every moment of the game, and you have to be willing to change your plan. And this idea that I trusted the kicker, well, I have a feeling if you would have asked Russell Wilson, do you think you can make it on fourth and five? Do we have a got to have it play that we can use here? As you said yesterday, against this defense, what do you think they're going to do? You know that. I have a feeling you know this defense. Right. And this there has to be a idea. plan for that, too. Different coordinator and different personnel. But, you you know, what, do you, you know, Russell would have said, yeah, I think we can convert fourth and five. Of course he would have. These guys are all premised on confidence that borders on and crosses over into delusion. Yeah. Brandon McManus is going to say, yeah, I can make a 64-yard field goal. Russell Wilson is going to say, yeah, I can vote on fourth and five. Any of the receivers will say, yeah, I can catch the ball if you throw it to me. Any of the linemen will say, yeah, I can make the block. Why is a coach relying upon any of that? And he's relying on his own assessment of the situation. And I am... It's funny because I was very relieved yesterday for Nathaniel Hackett, and now I'm alarmed again because I feel like fundamentally he doesn't get it. And if he doesn't get it now, the the Walmart people who own the team are going to see it, and they're going to be done with him after one year if he doesn't figure out what's wrong with what he's saying. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I hope he bounces back, definitely. You know, I, I do. I hope he adjusts, adjusts that plan to a degree. And figures out a new formula in the pregame process. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, it, it's as we talked about yesterday. It's just a shame that it's. I know they lost, but it's all been about this right now. And you know, I, I'm. I had the same feeling as you when I first saw the news yesterday. I went, oh, good. good. I'm glad he admitted it. And you know, it's now excellent. everyone. This is good. This now is everyone good. will just good put it him. away, and we, it won't be the story for the rest of the week. But. He didn't really put it away, as you discussed. He did not. He did not. He kind of, you know, doubled down a little bit and, and had some ifs and buts and candies and whats and all that kind of crap. But, but the other thing, too, is that it's just disappointing because I, I root for Nathaniel Hackett. His dad was my quarterback coach. I'm a believer in them. His dad, my quarterback coach, is my favorite coach ever. Nathaniel is a smart football guy. I mean, again, I know, you know, I, I hear the haters out there. He had the number six offense in football with Blake Bortles as his quarterback in Jacksonville. He knows how to run offenses a little bit, if that that's the case, okay? So that's where – and then, again, where I'm just disappointed for a guy that I know is just that, man, there were, there were so many good things to be happy about in that game, even if they lost, even if it didn't work out. Okay, damn, we got a little unlucky and fumbled at the one, and we can clean those things up. But like we said yesterday, it's the best the offense has looked since 2014. It's the best the, you know, the quarterback has looked since Peyton Manning was there in you know, those years. So that's where you just go, oh, man, all the good work and the good vibes and the things we had to feel confident about. We talked about the second-half adjustments for the defense. It all goes you know, uh, to the side because this is just the, the leading story for, the, the, for their organization right now. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Greg Penn, the uh, CEO of the Broncos and the chairman of Walmart and his father-in-law, Rob Walton, the former chairman of Walmart, titans of industry. I've been using that phrase, and they are. And they're not going to be thrilled by this idea that you come up with this plan that you refuse to change because they didn't help keep that company and grow that company and build that company. Whatever you think of Walmart, it it's one of the most successful companies in in the history of world business. I have a feeling they didn't get there by coming up with plans and refusing to change their plans. Opportunities arise, you change your plans. Complications arise, you change your plans. You have to always be willing to adjust on the fly and come up with a new plan. So, so he'll adjust. Again, I have faith that he'll adjust and well, and do this, but yes, he's being a little stubborn about, you know, just just dealing with this right here, and and like I said, I think there's a lot of coaches like this. But I, this is a smart guy that I would think hopefully adjust from here on out, and then is hopefully will not be a story as we go forward. Making it even more of a story is the idea that the ball was taken out of the hands of quarterback Russell Wilson, who wanted to go to a place where he could be the straw that stirs the drink. That didn't work in Seattle any longer, and the victors on Monday night, Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Carroll had an opportunity to go on radio yesterday, 710 ESPN in Seattle, and he was asked on whether or not the win over his former starting quarterback was validating in any way. Here's what Pete Carroll had to say. I didn't need the validation. I just mm-hmm. wanted it. I just wanted to win. You know, I wanted to win for every, all of the reasons that, that, that come along with this one. Uh, maybe as much as anything is representing the guys that have played before. It meant a lot to those guys. And uh, um, I was so thrilled to, to be able to hug those guys up and see them and look them in the eye. And, Why did and, it mean so much show. to them? Yeah, you figure that out. They, they, um, but it was really meaningful, and they really wanted it. And uh, I knew we were playing for a lot more than – just the regular stuff and, and uh and we have a um and in this night they they realized what you know there was a, a big opportunity and, and they uh and a big statement to be made you know um you know the game isn't about an individual player here or there it's about team this is the ultimate team sport for and it's been stated so many times before it takes everybody and and uh sometimes when so much focus goes you know it, it just you know it just rubs guys wrong i guess or whatever but uh um, I'm thrilled that, that we won that game. It was, it, it, it was, yeah, it was significant for a lot of reasons beyond just it's, it's the first game of the year and all that. Uh, but, but the fact that it was, it was Monday night. <laughs> oh, hell, man. It couldn't be better, you know. So um, uh, just really rewarding, and, and on we go. Whoa. Various <laughs> shots fired. Layers Woo, and levels. Woo, baby. Wow. Woo. That, well, that and, sounded better than it read, actually. That, that was yes. awesome. <laughs> and look, look, here's here's what Pete Carroll was getting at for those of us who have been following the as the Seahawks turn for the last decade. From the moment Russell Wilson walked through the door as a third round rookie in 2012 and earned the starting job because he was just better in training camp and preseason than Matt Flynn, the guy they had given 10 million guaranteed to back when 10 million was a lot of guaranteed money for a free agent quarterback. There was resentment from Russell Wilson from the get go. They didn't like Russell Wilson. The players on that team did not like him. He was management. This is what's ironic about this. I think ironic is the proper usage in this case. Although once again, I freely admit that I never know Pete Carroll benefited from Russell Wilson company man. And they 
supported Russell Wilson company man. And eventually they weeded out all the guys that didn't like Russell Wilson, that would make fun of Go Hawks behind his back and or to his face with a high-pitched voice. The guys in the locker room, the Richard Shermans, the Marshawn Lynches. Remember the story of Richard Sherman picking him off in practice and yelling, you effing suck at him as he ran the interception in for a touchdown during practice. There were a lot of guys that were on that team that didn't like him. And now, now that he's gone and at some level forced his way out, Pete's throwing his arms back around the guys that he once didn't want there because they undermined Russell Wilson. So now, now the company man's left the company and Pete's buddies again with all the guys that didn't like him. Yeah, it, it is. It's funny. It is. Uh, you know, well, th- that's where, you know, and even that handshake I thought said a lot too. That was like very quick. I didn't even feel like Pete Carroll really made much eye contact with him. You know, I, I, I noticed that when watching the game and even the picture we showed before, it just seemed like it was well, look quick. at the difference. Look yeah. at him and Gino. Exactly. That, look at, yeah. Like Pete yeah. didn't, Pete didn't want to have a love affair and talk about it. Pete, I'm sure Pete's fed up with Russell Wilson. I mean, let's, let's keep it real. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's a handful. He's corporate that way. I mean, he is, he's not necessarily, you know, we Can hear get all back to, Oh no, no, we're just, we re-racked it. Yeah. I thought we sh- I thought he went back over to him again. Hey, Sorry. Yeah, no, I love you so much. Let me hug you one more time. <laughs> uh, um, but, but like, I, I, it is funny. The fact that you're right. He was anointed, you know, the QB there, but you know, started to get too much credit for everything he was doing. And then of course they were a team that was, yeah, not into that. Really. They weren't, we're going to run the ball and the Legion of boom and be physical and be about the twelves. And, you know, unfortunately for the sport, in our in, in the NFL right now in our country, the quarterback does get too much credit. We discuss this all the time. I know it's a quarterback league, but we sometimes act like you know there was nobody else on the field except the quarterback, and that that is what makes locker rooms resent you know that guy at times, and especially if they don't handle themselves the right way. And that's where you know Russell's a great leader in all of that, but at the same time, hey, it's. It's a weekend off last the week before in the NFL. You know, he's right on a private plane and at the U.S. Open. I don't think he's, like, hanging out with the guys. He might throw footballs with them and do all that. But from what I've heard, yeah, that's where he's a little different maybe than some of your other franchise quarterbacks. I think Mahomes is hanging with Travis Kelsey and, you know, some of the receivers. And he's drinking a beer and hanging out and let's watch a game. And, hey, let's get on a plane and go watch this game. You know, Josh Allen the same way. You know, Brady has a great way about him that way. You know, I, I think Russell Wilson was never mean or disrespectful, but just the things I think we both heard is where he was a little bit on his own. And he just approaches it like a business, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not, not necessarily going to endear yourself to, to the locker room. And when the coach bent over backwards all those years to support you, and ultimately to choose you over them. Yeah. And right. you force your way out or and again, it, I think it was mutual. Every time that anyone says something was mutual, I assume that it's baloney. In this case, I really do think it yeah, was. Yeah, I think mutual. they had enough. I think both right. sides needed to move on, wanted to move on. It just wasn't working anymore. And and that's what makes Pete Carroll, I think, validated because he thought he could win without having a quarterback be the focal point of the team. 
I can win with my system. I don't have to make my offense run through Russell Wilson. We don't have to make Russell Wilson into Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, even though they wanted him in 2018, or Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, where we start with the quarterback and we design the offense around him. We can do it our way. We can do it by paying our starting quarterback a lot less money, having more money for other players, and not creating this monster where the the – because there, was, there wasn't much the Seahawks did to push back against the idea that Russell Wilson was the centerpiece well, of the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and so th- this was all about winning the game, not just so you have bragging rights for four years or maybe two years over Russell Wilson, depending upon how the schedule falls out for the 17th game. This was about proving that your way works. Yeah and can be successful without Russell Wilson. And the, the the first argument, the first exhibit, we beat Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's right. And 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 you know, as we discussed a little yesterday, we we know that they wanted to go the rookie quarterback route, rookie contract, build the team route a lot. But it is hard. That's where the quarterback has great power. You know, in the NFL right now, because the fan base rallies around it, and the fan base goes, "Wait, we're winning!" And ever since he became the quarterback, we win. So it must be because of him, and that's where it happened. And then, you know, it looks like you know the team finally starts to favor the quarterback, right? Well, we'll keep with you. What when in reality it is no defensive players like Richard Sherman can't play for 15 years. You know, their speed falls off after year seven and eight, and it's hard to hang around for those defensive studs. Michael Bennett's of the world, who was the ultimate F the play up, just beast guy. So then it's, oh, wait, well, we've had him for five, six, seven years. Had the plays declining. Quarterback, five, six, seven years, they're, they're still the start of their prime right now. So that's where the, the organization then has to side. It looks like they have to side with the quarterback, even though they don't want to. Um, but, yeah, I think you're totally right about Pete Carroll, the system. And, and quick story with Pete Carroll, just to, to back up your point about his way. UFC, when he was there, it was the same thing there. I know a lot of people, ex-coaches, right? They, Matt Leiner was picked as the quarterback over Matt Castle, not because he was better than Matt Castle, actually for, like, the opposite reason. You know, I have always been told that basically Norm Chow, Norm Chow, the offensive coordinator then, and Pete Carroll basically were like, no, Matt Leinart, I think, will just listen to us more because his arm's not as big as Matt Castle, so we can kind of just manage him and trust him and win, back to your point, with our system. And that was something I was always told there, you know, out of USC. So he's a believer in that. He is not all about the quarterback. You know, he's old school, 80s. 90s type coach where hey it's Phil Sims and the Giants we're gonna run and play defense and on third and eight Phil will throw a rifle or Troy Aikman and the Cowboys we're gonna run we're gonna play defense on third and eight I'll throw to Michael Irvin that's the way they kind of believe that's that's the way that generation believes in a lot of ways Bill Belichick wasn't much different either but he adjusted so uh, I think your point is kind of spot on sorry to belabor the point there I also wonder how much Paul Allen was the tiebreaker between whatever tension was in the organization about whether to pay and keep Russell Wilson or move on from him. Because really this all started and, and, and came to a boil after he passed. I just wonder if through most of the decade while he was alive, he was urging Pete Carroll to keep Russell Wilson around and keep Russell Wilson happy. 
and and maybe that's kind of an unspoken dynamic to all of this that Pete Carroll's had the freedom in recent years and finally moved forward past Russell Wilson and and look you look at the moment not just taking the ball out of his hands on fourth and five which had to make Pete smile but also seriously the biggest the biggest negative of the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson marriage was the decision to throw and not run on fourth and goal, or not fourth and goal, but, yeah. but in near the goal line right. in Super I think Bowl forty nine. It was 49. second or third, right? Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, hey, give the ball to Marshawn Lynch and let him score. Yeah. So what did they do twice on Monday night? They took the ball out of Russell's hands and dialed up a run, and there was a fumble that was recovered by the Seahawks, which was a reminder we're not going to automatically win that game if we give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He could have. He could have fumbled, no, too. No, I know. You're right. So you I think know. that there, there are various layers and levels where Pete Carroll can can feel very good about that. The ultimate 71st birthday present for him. But, like, three days early. Very tactical. Very tactical in bringing up the old players and saying that. And, hey, you, you, you figure it out. That was yeah. definitely intended for him to get that out there and let everybody know. But, again, a little bit more that – you know, yeah, Russell was Russell was a pain in the ass, period. I think that's the way they view it. The Chargers and Chiefs are the first teams this year to figure out how to turn it around after a Sunday to a Thursday, the first short week game of the year, tomorrow night, exclusively on Amazon Prime Video, unless Ooh, you happen to live in forgot. the markets that are televising the game. And I know it's going to happen. The Abbott and Costello routine with my father-in-law is going to happen tomorrow afternoon. Who's what on first? What channel is the game on tonight? Exactly. What channel is the game on tonight? And it's going to end in just come over and we'll watch it here. But uh, a huge change for the NFL, but not a change for the teams that have to get ready and play. And injuries can become even more of an issue when you have to turn it around. Here's Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, on a guy who didn't play in week one because of a prior ankle problem. That's cornerback J.C. Jackson and a guy who got injured in week one, receiver Keenan Allen, whether or not he'll be ready to go on Thursday night. J.C., he's improving. Um, put him through a workout today and uh, see how he feels. And then uh, tomorrow at the jog through, be able to learn a little bit more. But, um, you know, I think he's headed in the right direction. But I think there's still a lot to be decided uh, before game time on Thursday night. Uh, Keenan, um, you know, is going to be a uh, guy that is going to take some time, I think, uh, with his hamstring. So I don't think... Um, it's looking great for this week, um, but you never know. Uh, I wouldn't count. I wouldn't put anything past Keenan, so we're not ruling him out. Um, but a uh, different situation than JC. Yeah, um, they're going to rule him out today. You, you can't. You can't just say, "Well, you know, the guy's, you know, the guy's a hell of a competitor. His hamstring is going to magically heal in three days." No. Hamstring injury needs time, time yeah. and rest and even more than you think when you think it's fine it's still not fine because when you go out there and run at full game speed you put even more on it and you and you really test whether or not that hamstring is healed so I don't think we're going to see Keenan Allen and frankly they probably need JC Jackson more for the Chiefs you need your best cover corners out there to cover the guy who who, who, yeah, not that it matters because Patrick Mahomes is now going to go to read two, read three, read four, but 
you need to have your best defensive backs available to deal with that onslaught they're going to be facing from the Chiefs. A hundred percent. That's two unfortunate injuries. I mean, it, it, both are really important because it, also, you know, you talk about like, hey, you got to keep pace with the Chiefs. I don't care who you got on defense. You're, you're, they're going to score some points and you want to make some plays. And Keenan Allen's special. I mean, he's really, really awesome football player. He really is. Probably doesn't get the credit he deserves at times. Um, so that does stink that they won't have him. And, I mean, he got off to such a great start in the football game. And, you know, it was a two big catches, and all of a sudden he was hurt. This was the first one, and then I think this was just a few plays later, if not like the next play. Here he is. He's going, and this is where he hurts his hamstring. And that, and that was it, I think. It might have been maybe another play after this. But uh, I'm with you in the fact that, you know, J.C. Jackson is the one I look at to be, like, the most important. The Chiefs offense, they got a lot of people that they can throw the football to. I don't think you're going to just be able to depend on Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa getting pressure all game long. Not against the, this offensive line. They're good. And Andy Reid's smart and how to slow those guys down and has a few tricks that way as well. So uh, they need J.C. Jackson for those moments they want to match up and play some man-to-man. And I think, you know, of course, J.C. Jackson's awesome in zone coverage. And Brandon Staley's an awesome zone coverage coach as well. Uh, the Chargers, watching that game on film yesterday, Mike, they, they, got a, they got a nice look about their football team across the board. I mean, when their offense and defense walk on the field, you go, ooh, they, they look the part. They really do. And then their secondary with a J.C. Jackson and the, and the Samuel kid and then Bryce Callahan at the nickelback and Derwin James at safety and Adderley at the other safety, you go, whoa, this is a real deal secondary. So this is going to be their first big test with this team, these pieces that fit Brandon Staley's scheme, and we'll see if they can mess with these Kansas City Chiefs who are the king of the AFC West. You know, there was a certain high-profile sports commentator who suggested going into the weekend that the Chargers would score the most points in week one of any team in the AFC West, but they would lose to the Raiders, which somewhat internally inconsistent. I mention that because I picked the Chargers to win over the Raiders, but I've picked the Raiders to finish higher in the division because I don't trust the Chargers because it's always something. Remember I said right. that, the old yeah. Roseanne, Rosanna Dandelion, right. it's always something. And yep. we're already dealing with the injuries. Hamstring injury. Hamstring injury, I can't, I can't sit here and say it's 100% preventable, but it's one of those soft tissue things that – at some point, there's a breadcrumb trail back to nutrition, flexibility, training, everything that is done to get guys ready to play and to keep them on the field. And again, I'm not saying you, you can avoid all hamstring injuries, but it's, it's not the result of an awkward tackle. It's not the result of, you know, your foot getting stuck in the ground. It's, it's a strain to a muscle that that can be in many cases avoided and it just I'm just I just wonder about the infrastructure in that organization as it relates to keeping their guys healthy because every year it happens like and and you're right you bring out your best guys fully healthy damn you got a hell of a team but you got to keep them healthy for 17 games that's the challenge for the Chargers it is it's the challenge there there does seem something there I, I don't disagree with you but I do think it's week one when you don't play in the preseason. Stars don't play in the preseason right now. That's another issue, too, because it's just you, know, you, you haven't really stepped on the gas pedal like to the floor 
yet. And that, I think that's what gets guys to, you know, even in practice, even when they go, hey, it's live and all that, you know, the emotions, the adrenaline isn't going quite the same to where you're straining to run like you are with the intensity of the stadium and the crowd and everything like that on a Sunday afternoon. So that always catches people too. I think that's where it gets it. But yeah, it's, it's uh, something that every organization has to continually evaluate, and we'll see as the year goes on. If it continues to happen, you start to go, yeah, there's, there's something going on there that's not right, certainly. And, Mike, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there like curveball. It just, I don't know, in a lot of ways, it, it does almost seem unfair to NFL players to just, hey, hey we're, it's week two, and, you know, we're just getting used to the NFL season. Hey, it's four days later. you got to play a game. Hey, hey, we're all about player safety, player safety, player safety. And you played a game, and it was the first time you played a game, and it was crazy. And now we got to, four days later, you got to play again. And it's just, it's, it's a lot to ask of guys. It is early on in the season. There's a part of me that goes, I don't want to see this matchup on a Thursday, or, or especially this early on in the year before teams have got going, because I'm not sure they're at their best and hitting on all cylinders and everything like that. I don't know. It's just food for thought that I throw out there that I think about sometimes. To whom it may concern at 345 Park Avenue, that was Chris Sims, not Mike Florian. That was Chris operating on his own volition with no influence directly nope, or directly. Yep, nope, nothing from, from you. Right. But I think so, you maybe probably agree to a degree there. You know, I don't know. Well, I, I but I do want the Thursday game. But I accept. <laughs> I, several years ago, I processed the whole anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance because. We aren't getting the teams at their best, and uh, we've they've done the studies. The injury rate is no greater on Thursday than it is on Sunday. That that's irrelevant to the question of whether the guys who got injured on Sunday are going to be ready to play on Thursday. That that's the point. You want your best guys ready to go. You want your players healthy and able to go. And especially early in the season, I agree with you, Chris. If we're going to de-emphasize the preseason, which makes September essentially the preseason, it's a lot to turn it around. It's a lot from Sunday. That's all to, I'm saying. Uh, to Thursday night, and and hey, it's good that we don't have Steelers Browns this week. We have Steelers Browns next week, I believe, on Thursday night because the Steelers went seventy minutes yeah. on Sunday, right? And would have to turn it around on Thursday night. So it. Whatever you say, you could put it eloquently like you did for a change, or you could call Thursday Night Football a poop fest like Richard Sherman, who ironically is now getting paid from the Thursday Night Football trough. I hadn't (laughs) thought about that. Richard Sherman has a job with Amazon as part of the pregame, halftime, and postgame coverage, and he willingly took it even though – I need to write about this today. Richard Sherman, or tomorrow, called – Thursday Night Football in 2016-2017, a poop fest. And that's been the tension. That's been the pushback. But it doesn't matter, Chris. It doesn't matter because it's here to stay. Because it is yet another, you know, what was the old Beverly Hillbillies? Jed was out in the backyard and he was shooting up some food and up from the ground came a bubbling crude. The NFL just keeps shooting around in the backyard and they got bubbling crude coming up everywhere. (laughs) They do this Thursday night thing and it's a goldmine. It is. It is. So it's not going anywhere. I know. It's not going anywhere. I can't wait. I'm not going to lie. I can't wait for tomorrow I, night. I, yeah. I'm going to be sitting I, in the hey, barn, and it's back to retox time, and it's it's one of my favorite as, nights of the week. Just don't <laughs> fall off the beanbag chair. As, as two guys who love to be able to watch one game at a time, 
I want Tuesday night. I want Wednesday night. I, work it out. Figure it out. Let's have a primetime game every night of the week. Wouldn't that be something if we had a, a game to watch and enjoy every night instead of the cluster of them? that ha- Yes. So selfishly, we want it. And health and safety, yeah, there's a certain amount of lip service. Yeah, it is. They're going to gloss over it, and they're going to do what they're going to do. We accept that they're going to do what they're going to do. All right, I said all that other stuff, 345 Park Avenue. Here's Patrick Mahomes saying some things about a left wrist injury that happened on Sunday, but that apparently will not keep him from performing at 100% capacity on Thursday night. Yeah, it, it got a little sore yesterday, but then today it felt a lot better. So we kind of got in the training room, got a little work on it. Haven't actually had any, any time today to even get any work on it, but it's already felt a lot better. So uh, I'm sure I'll be good to go this week. Do you feel like it's been pretty extensive, what, you, what you've had to do with it? or Not necessarily. I mean, just normal stuff. Just kind of take care of it, uh, kind of just keep some stuff on it. But other than that, I mean, it, it feels great today. So uh, hopefully it keeps getting better like this, and I'll be good to go on Thursday. Yeah, hopefully it will be. I Yes. For, for those of us who are kind looking of forward to watching that game on Thursday night, yeah, kind of important that Patrick Mahomes is out there playing. But, hey, that, that, that's uh, quarterback. It's the whole – the Dak Prescott reality. The, the, the body part that throws the football is moving in the direction of the guys trying to hit the quarterback, and there will be some collisions, there will be some contact, and there potentially will be some injuries. But for now, it looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to be fine. The question is – does it linger? And he gets a couple of extra days on the back end of this game to let it heal. But remember the toe from a couple of years ago, it lingered, it lingered, it lingered, it lingered, and then it blew up in Super Bowl 55, and that was that, and he got yeah. surgery two days later. Right. This wrist hopefully has a chance to heal and gets back to 100%, so it's not a nagging thing for him all year long that affects his ability to get the football down the field. Yeah, that's right. Well, and it's his left wrist, too, so that's where you just go, okay. Oh, okay. Know, well, yeah, never yeah. mind then. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just, so. it's it's he, he had to hand the ball off a little bit, like where you would hand it off with your left hand. He handed it backwards with his right hand there. It happened pretty early in the game. It did not seem to affect him. I mean, okay, because, I mean, he still made some of the damnedest freaking plays and throws that you will see. I mean, he is just magical. I mean, he really is. And, and you know, I know you – I saw it when you wrote your power rankings yesterday and all that, you know, and I know you've heard me say this. I just – they're a team on a mission. He's on a mission. He feels like he's been disrespected last year. You know, he, I think, is in a competitive, like, thing with, with Josh Allen. And uh, I expect him to be hitting all cylinders go on Thursday night because he's also hearing this Justin Herbert talk too. You know, he's hearing people talk. Oh, Justin Herbert's awesome. Justin Herbert, blah blah blah. You know, we heard Jason Garrett. You know, who I oh, have so geez. much respect for, right? He said if he could yeah, take anybody on. first right now to build a team, it would be Justin Herbert. You know, I don't guy who's never been to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, again, that's a bold statement, but I understand it. Herbert, Herbert is. You know, that type of talent. I think he's on his way to Mahomes and Allenville there as far as that type of guy. So uh, I'd still take Mahomes or Allen, but I just think that gives some context to how damn good, you know, he's viewed around the league. And and it also, it gives Mahomes just another little thing, the the old uh, Ryan from the office gif of, you know, writing down the names on the list. Yeah, right. Just every little thing that you can do. Right. And you've got Josh Allen living up to the hype and the expectations, kind of embracing it and owning it. And you've got Mahomes motivated by the fact that the other guy is getting all the hype. And then some of the other hype is going to another guy. Yeah. It's just, it's two different mindsets. It's going to lead to the same result. Collision course between the Bills and the Chiefs. 
They'll play in the regular season, thank God, and yeah. they'll play in the postseason. Hopefully, I hope. hopefully that I game hope. doesn't get disrupted by you know some upstart team that that knocks off the Bills or the Chiefs a week before their date with destiny in the AFC Championship game. Before we take a break, yeah, we are getting feedback in real time from U.S. viewers. And UK viewers about what we will think (laughs) of London. What's going on here? (laughs) Pauline, our good friend in the UK, said, stop making excuses. Just move over here. We have plenty of hills and barns, or you can buy a castle. (laughs) I love it. So that's the pro-UK version. Our friend friend Mary in Atlanta, who who sometimes dabbles in profanity, says, (laughs) you'll want to leave London. It's crowded. The river stinks. The food is awful. The beer is warm. So we have <laughs> two competing views, uh-uh. and we present them both because this is fair and balanced. Right. Equal time for both sides. But, <laughs> we'll, hey, I, I, we'll go at some point, and we'll make our own assessment. And, and the thing, even if the folks in London may not agree with our assessment, they can count on it being an honest, candid, and authentic view of what we experience and not what we think they want to hear, which is why I think they listen. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Uh, hopefully. It, that was very well put, though. I mean, yeah, it is weird that we're two guys that, you know, got a house that's on a hill and a barn and all that, like the English countryside. It's it's uh, kind of funny when you think about that. You're in West Virginia. I'm in Connecticut right outside of New York City. And uh, for some reason, we live in the same style of house or have some similarities there. You have a just, you have a castle You're the one on that's hill. got the... You've got the you've got the barnyard animals. Though. Yes, I do. I yes. don't, and yeah. I'm the guy in West Virginia. I got I, I got one dog. You've got multiple dogs, multiple chickens, multiple African geese, right. multiple horses. I, are you building an ark somewhere that I don't know about? No, no, I'm not. Sh- should I be paying attention to long term weather well, forecast? Hey, yeah, yeah, you've you've seen the climate a little lately. It's, it's, you, <laughs> might, you might need that damn boat here soon. Uh, All right. Uh, Recent comments by Tom Brady and by Mrs. Brady might be giving us some clues as to whether this is indeed his final year in football. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 